The first step is realizing that discipline is necessary. Mm -hmm. It's not a question of will I or will I not discipline yes. my child. We have to discipline our children. Mm -hmm. uh, we have to uh, lead them in correction, lead them in re rebuke and, and reproof and, and, and pointing them to Jesus. I think about how consistency is greater than intensity. So sometimes we think that intensity in the moment, right? And sometimes we can be far too intense, yes. especially uh, if my children have done something wrong and I'm angry, right? right? I'll be I'll be intense and, and we'll emphasize intensity over consistency, but it should be the opposite. It should be loving consistency greater than intensity in the moment. All right, fam, back with Dr. Jonathan Williams of Gospel family ministries brother how are you today good it's good to be here good to do this again I, I love these times together come on man come on and i know i know the last couple of weeks man we had a lot of viewers mm. uh, a lot of great comments a lot of people that were uh, encouraged good. strengthened edified and uh, it's such such a good time to be with you man yeah absolutely it's yeah I, I think uh before the show started we were talking about um there's people in our lives that we like to be with but when we're with them, we don't grow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, two butter, two dull butter knives rubbing up against one another. <laughs> Not sharpening <laughs> Not each sharpening. other. And then there's there's people that um, you don't like to be with, but when you're with them, you grow. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They challenge you and you they push it. you. You need it. That's right. And then every now and then you find people you like to be with, and when you're with them, you grow. Yeah. And I know, man, ever since I met you a few years ago, Man, you're a guy that I love to be with, and I grow every time I'm with you. So oh, right back so, at you, man. Yeah. I love it. It's always edifying, encouraging, but also a good time. Come on, I like come it. on, yeah. And that's one of my principles in life. If you ain't having fun while doing it, then why do it? <laughs> you're missing it. That's it, man. That's <laughs> it. So we're going to talk about something today that I think is really um, near and dear to everyone's heart. It's something that people often struggle with. Mm. Uh, especially concerning their children, and it's the topic of discipline. Mm. Um, you know, what is appropriate discipline for my child? Mm. Uh, what does the Bible say is appropriate discipline, and how how should I discipline my child uh, in light of God's Word, in light of God's love, in light of mm. God's mercy and forgiveness? And, you know, when I think about my children, I've got, I've got children from three years old to, to my daughter just turned 12. Yeah. Big right. age range. That's it. And and I remember when they were younger, you know, in a lot of ways, I, I was a caretaker. Mm -hmm. Very much so, like their life depended upon me. Yeah. Uh, being fed, keeping them safe. You know, I can remember one time when I was eight years old, uh, my basketball rode into the street. And I just stood at the edge of the street looking at it. And my mom came out and said, you know, Christopher, what are you doing? And I said, well, the ball rode out in the street. And I had remembered she told me if I ever go into that street – She'd spank me. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm from Kentucky, so she said she whooped me. <laughs> that's it. And uh, so I didn't go out in the street because I didn't want a whooping. Saved your life. That's it. Saved my life. Man, I could have been clipped by a truck. But but very much, you know, in those early years, uh, a caretaker. Mm -hmm. And then now that my, my daughter's 12, you know, my son's 10, I'm still taking care of them, but I feel myself transitioning into like a coaching row yeah. where I'm trying to coach them up train them up, mm. show them the right way, the right path. And then I think, I think as they get older and kind of come out from underneath my care, um, I hope I become more of a consultant mm. where um, even in 
my old age and as they get older, they still come to me for wisdom yeah. and advice and, and guidance and even correction. Hmm. Uh, I pray that's the case, you know. Oh, yeah. so, so in light of that, uh, the Bible's very clear. Yeah. Um, God says that I discipline those that I love. And, and to withhold discipline, no matter the age, is a very unloving thing to do. Yeah. So, so when you think about discipline, disciplining in your home, disciplining your children, where do you start? Now, I think even the question and even the scriptures that you just quoted, it assumes that we will discipline. That's and so good. I think that's the starting point is we are going to discipline. And we've all seen the two extremes, right? We've known, unfortunately, those who call it discipline, but when you look at it, it's really just anger, mm. even the extreme of abuse, and that's tragic and heartbreaking. And, and so sometimes we swing the other way to make sure we avoid that extreme. We go to the other extreme, and that's where we, we give no boundaries, no coaching, no, no discipline whatsoever. And both are unbiblical. Uh, both are unhealthy, and like you said, both are unloving. And so we would reject that. And so the biblically, the biblical starting point is that we will discipline, but we'll do it out of love. And I think we keep in mind the the ultimate goal, hope, prayer. Like your mom keeping you out of the street wasn't trying to prevent you from ever getting your ball back. It's trying to make sure that you get to play basketball the next day because you're still alive, right? Come on. And so our discipline is not to you know exercise just our power or our will over our kids. It's not to try to control them. It's not to try to withhold good things from them. The the biblical discipline is to bless them. In fact, you're talking about Hebrews 10 and Hebrews 12. It says that all discipline, you know, seems painful in the moment. Yeah. But if we continue, it produces this fruit of righteousness, this peaceful fruit of righteousness. And so that's where we start is just, I think, with that prayer, that mindset. You know, I look at my three kids and even when they were little, Every rule, every discipline, every correction, you're hoping this is shaping their character, this is protecting them, hopefully this is pointing them to Jesus. And so you ask where to start, um, and I've read this from several authors, I would say it two ways. One, we want connection before correction. Wow. And so before we can just start correcting them and putting them in timeout or whatever the punishment is, we need to have that connection with them. So the other way to say it is we, we need to emphasize relationship more than rules. Mm. And you and I both know it's one thing to have a stranger try to connect, correct you. It's another thing to have a brother who loves you and knows you and cares for you, and they try to correct you. We hear it different, even as adults. And, yeah. and our kids, they hear it different. They respond different. When, when you have been focusing on your relationship with them and loving them and connecting with them and hearing their heart and hearing where they're coming from and you've been sharing your heart and your reasons behind the, the rules and the discipline and all that, when that relationship's there, they understand the rules. When that connection is there, I think they respond differently to the correction. Yeah, that's so good. Relationship over rules and when you, or before rules, when you said that, immediately I thought about the Ten Commandments. Yeah. People focus on the Ten Commandments, right? God has given us these, these rules, mm -hmm. uh, the Ten Commandments probably being the most famous yeah. that we should follow. But right before he gives Moses the Ten Commandments, the passages right before that, God's reminding Moses of all that he's done for Israel. That's good. Yeah, he's, he's emphasizing the relationship. That's it, I'm your man. God, you're my people. I brought you out of Egypt. Yes. I've loved you. I've kept yes. you safe. 
Now, yeah, therefore, here are these rules I need yeah, you to in follow. In light of who I am, <laughs> in light right. of our relationship. That's so good. And, yeah. and you think about, you know, David in Psalm 119, longest chapter in the Bible, when he talks about those rules, those commandments, he says he delights in it. That's it. And I remember reading that even as a young believer thinking, how are you delighting? Like, we enjoy that? And, and the reason he delights in the commandments of God is because he delights in God himself. Yeah. He delights in the relationship. This is the same guy that in Psalm 16 says, in the presence of God is a fullness of joy. Hmm. So he knows what it is to have a delighting in his presence, to have the fullness of joy in the presence of God. Therefore, like you're saying, in light of that relationship, I can delight in his commands because I know he's for me and my joy and his glory every step of the way. That's right. And I can receive his rebuke. I can receive his yes. correction. I can receive his discipline because I know like you said, it's going to produce something something uh -huh. greater. I think that's a great first step when we think about disciplining our children. The first step is realizing that discipline is necessary. Mm -hmm. It's not a question of will I or will I not discipline yes. my child. We have to discipline our children. Mm -hmm. uh, we have to uh, lead them in correction, lead them in re rebuke and, and reproof and, and, and mm -hmm. pointing them to Jesus. Man, that's so good. But in that... We start with the relationship. Yeah, uh, it's got to be there. And and when I think about that, I think about how consistency is greater than intensity. That's a good word. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes we think that intensity in the moment, right? Yes. And sometimes we can be far too intense, yes. especially uh, if my children have done something wrong and I'm angry. Right. Right. I'll be I'll be intense. And, and we'll emphasize intensity over consistency, mm. but it should be the opposite. Yeah. It should be loving consistency greater than intensity in the moment. Absolutely. In fact, you know, in Ephesians 6, 4, one of our favorite verses as dads, and yet one of the probably most challenging, convicting verses as dads, is Ephesians 6, 4 calls fathers to bring their children up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. It's a call to you know, disciple our kids. But right mm. before that, it says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Don't frustrate them. And, you know, when you think about, well, how would I do that? How could I exasperate my kids? What would frustrate them? Inconsistent discipline is exasperating the children. Wow. When one day they do something and they don't get in trouble, the next day they do the same thing and you yell at them for 30 minutes, that's exasperating to them. That's when one child does something and gets grounded for a week, but the other child does the same thing a month later and doesn't get grounded at all, that is frustrating. So I love that word of that consistency. And instead of disciplining in the moment with all the emotion and all the, and I've done that, you know, I, I think of one of our other episodes, I told the, told the story of the time that I yelled at all three kids and later had to sit down and kind of walk them through why that's not healthy or biblical, why that's sinful, you know? And I tell my kids, I'm allowed to have a dad voice. You know, that voice where I can say, boys, you know, they that's just right. stop. And sometimes that's, that's you it. need to be a little stern. <laughs> but I said, I'm not allowed to yell. My house, I have a daughter, two boys. And if my boys are arguing upstairs or something, if I say boys, even my dog will just roll over. And he'll just kind of put his <laughs> you know, legs up and look at me like, are you talking to me or that's the right. boys? And uh, so I said, okay, give me that dad voice. Let me sometimes be a little stern and, and make sure we understand this is a weighty, serious thing that we're talking about. But I can't parent out of anger. I can't discipline out of anger. Yeah. These the yelling at one. You know, Paul says outbursts of anger is a deed of the flesh. Come on. And, and we need to be led by the Holy Spirit. We yeah. need to discipline with the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. And, and, and think about even us as adults. We hate 
inconsistency. Yes. So even at work, when we see inconsistency in reward and mm -hmm. in punishment, like that infuriates us. Yeah. Like it makes us angry. When we see um, inconsistency in the games we play, mm -hmm. when we see inconsistency in our relationships, oh, yeah. I mean, we, we, and rightfully so, we become bothered by that. Um, how much more should that be in our home That's when good. we're when we're parenting and disciplining yeah. in an inconsistent way? Yeah, you're watching the Dallas Cowboys football game and you're like, they call holding on us every time, but they never call holding That's against right. the Niners. What's going on? That inconsistency. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we bring it into our homes though. Yeah. Right? And, I, and I wonder how many mixed messages I have sent to my kids even in the last month. Yeah because of how inconsistent I've been in my correction. Ooh, yeah. um, one day allowing this and the next day not allowing it. One week allowing this and then the next week being bothered by it mm. simply because I'm an emotional being, right? Yeah. And that that utter inconsistency. And I can only imagine to a two-year-old, a three-year-old, a seven-year-old, how utterly confusing that is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if the discipline is based on my mood. Come on. I'm having a good day, so everything slides. Well, now I'm having a bad day, so everything's irritating me, bothering me. And to not have the spiritual maturity to recognize, hey, I'm not in a good place. This doesn't need to be the day that I'm you know, leading out in the discipline. And I think that's part of the blessing when you have both mom and dad in the home. You know, on my bad days, I have this godly, spirit-led woman with wisdom and discernment Come on. who can— step in and take the lead in that and, and i don't have to in my bad days my bad mood discipline out of just irritation wow that bothers me bro you just convicted me man i i and i confess this in my home it always seems that the worse my day is yeah. the messier my kids room is <laughs> oh yeah all of a sudden you're like what is this? I'm the so same way. True. If I'm having a bad day, I don't want to go into their rooms. I no, just can't do bro. it because I'll see everything. That's it. The worse my day is, <laughs> the more piled up the dishes are. The worse my day is, the more the more disheveled right. the house is. The louder the kids seem to be, bro. And I just respond irrationally. Yeah, man. And that's 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 a lack of that's a lack of inconsistency. It's and it's not even because my day and my emotions are disordered. It's because my heart is disordered. Oh, yeah. And in those moments, we know I'm kind of in the flesh. Yeah. If I'm going to parent out of the fruit of the Spirit. You know, you and I, our ministries, we're putting out this report this year, the state of manhood. So yeah. Better Man and Gospel Family, we've come together, and we're putting out this research on the state of manhood. And part of that, we're looking at the state of man's family. And so to to get that research, we— we did some surveys with 300 men. We heard from 300 men, and we asked questions all over the place. But one of the questions we asked, we listed the fruit of the Spirit from Galatians 5, and we said, which of these would you say is your weakest? And, and which of these would you say you're kind of growing in, and maybe you're strong in that one? Out of 300 men, by far the number one answer as far as what they struggle with was patience. Yeah. It was something like 85% all chose patience. And then the number two and three was self-control and gentleness. So mm. when you're talking about fathers disciplining their children and you're hearing from all these dads, here's where I struggle. Patience, self-control, and gentleness. Well, that's going to come through in, in your parenting. And I imagine if we asked our children what fruit of the Spirit does dad struggle with, because of our inconsistency in our discipline, because of the times we've disciplined just out of a bad day or out of anger, they would probably say the same. 
Where's yeah. your patience? Where's your gentleness? Where's your self-control? That's it. Man, that is that is such a word. Yeah. That is such a word. But you said something earlier. You said we also want to be consistent, uh, not just in our discipline or correction, but even in our rewards. And that's something where I know I struggle. I think a lot of times we miss is we can be very quick to correct mm. and very slow to encourage. Wow. And, and so my daughter and my son's, Man, all day long, they can be doing great. They're doing what they're told. They're obeying every rule. They're not doing anything they shouldn't be doing. And they hear no encouragement. You know, no one's patting them on the back. No one's saying, hey, thanks for helping here. Thanks for helping there. But then that night, they do that one thing that we didn't want them to do, and they hear it from everybody. Bro. And they're getting corrected and disciplined. And I think they'll respond better to the correction when there is constant encouragement the other, you know, nine out of ten times that where they're doing it right. And again, that makes so much sense. Us as adults. Yes. Us as men. I mean, I think about our employers, right? Yeah. How how frustrated do mm -hmm. we get when our employers, when our friends, when whomever are always acknowledging what we've done wrong yes. or what we failed at, yeah. but they don't acknowledge the nine times that we've succeeded or yeah. the nine times that we've done well, right? You never hear from them on the good days. That's it. No, and that's I mean, that's straight Mary Poppins theology, right? I mean, she was right. A spoonful of sugar yes. helps the medicine go down. Yeah, where's the sugar? That's you ever, it. Well, you, you and I, we've both been pastors before. And, you know, there, there's people sometimes, and I talk to a lot of pastors, they see this. You'll have some people in your church, and they're always encouraging you. They always encouraging you. Even when you're having a bad day and you don't feel like you deserve any encouragement, there they are encouraging you. Yeah. When that person comes up and, and they're struggling with something or they have a complaint, Man, you're all ears. That's right. You want to hear from them. But you always have that one or two people in the church that it seems like every time they talk to you, they're just mad about something. Yes, They're it. complaining about something. They, they want to correct like a you. Rain cloud, yes. a rain cloud above their head, bro. Like Eeyore you, just yeah, follows Eeyore. them around, bro. And you see them coming, and you know before they get there, you're like, well, they're unhappy about something. That's right. At some point, that starts falling on deaf ears. That's what At word. some point, you don't hear that because it's just white noise, constant. And, and you start realizing, even if I solve this problem and try to make you happy, tomorrow you'll be unhappy about something else. And so you realize there's something with the heart or something with our relationship that's not clicking. And so I think our kids respond the same way. If all they hear is correcting and they never get the encouragement, at some point it falls on deaf ears. Yeah, and I don't, I don't want our listeners to miss this. So there's some principles that are emerging here that are powerful, mm. uh, not, just, not just in life but really in discipline in our children. One is, is relationships should precede rules yeah. and regulations. Two, uh, consistency mm -hmm. is greater than intensity. That's good. And then, and then I love this one. Encouragement um, helps the correction. Yes, absolutely. When we when when we are an encouraging father, when we are an encouraging husband, when we're an encouraging employer, yeah, um, it helps with any correction mm. uh, that could come. So, three great principles that I know today I could start applying in in my life. Oh, I need to grow in all three. And all three, I think what they have in common is an emphasis on the heart more than the behavior. Let's go. And I think that's what even a lot of authors have written on this. You know, Ted Tripp says that all sinful attitudes are rooted in the heart. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we fall into, as parents, just behavior modification because we want the quick fix, the quick response. You know, right. you're in a loud restaurant and a kid's doing something or being messy. You just want to stop it right then. 
Yeah. You know, you're not thinking about what kind of man is he going to grow up to be? How do I shape his character? How do I shape his heart right now? You, you're just wanting some manners. You just want him to be polite in that moment. And I think a lot of times that's what we end up chasing is we, we want polite kids with good manners who don't embarrass us in public. And, and it's all about behavior modification. Well, you can get a polite kid with good manners who's quiet at the restaurant and their heart could be far from the Lord. That's right. And, and I think to me, the convicting call that we see in scripture is to come back and, and look at the heart, focus on the heart and, and not just say, we want good manners. In fact, I, I would even add to that one of the most dangerous things we could do in our discipline is base our discipline on other people's expectations. Wow. And I think I've struggled with that before, and uh, I think a lot of parents, we struggle with that. You know, we don't want them to embarrass us. Or we hear what other people say about their expectations on their kids, and so we just put that on our kids. And we discipline based on what we think other people expect our kids to be or how they should act. And again, that just slips into focusing on the behavior instead of the heart. That's 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 so good, man. I think about uh, a couple of weeks ago, I came home, and my three-year-old, who's in a Mother's Day Out program, mm -hmm. so he goes to this program at church a couple of days a week. Uh, I came home, and my wife told me, you need to talk with Oliver. Mm -hmm. My three-year-old had pushed a little girl down Oof. in class, and she you know, she cut her elbow. Oh. And um, so I said, okay. So I'm talking to Oliver, and I said, hey, you know, one of the principles in our house, in our life, is uh, we never hit girls. Mm. We don't act out aggressively um, towards women. Yeah. You know, I'm telling my three-year-old this, you know, and in the back of my mind, you know, I'm thinking I'm trying to, to raise boys, mm -hmm. right, to where if they ever made it an advance on a woman mm. and she turned them down, they would still have enough character to walk her home. Mm, right like that's that good. that's what's in the back of my mind that's good right so i'm telling my three-year-old man we never we never hit girls and uh and i spanked him mm. you know I, I spanked him for what he did yeah um he teared up he hugged me you know i told him i loved him you mm. know uh but but i need to do this and and later that night um i don't think what i did was wrong yeah but later that night i was thinking to myself man one of the best ways i can teach my three-year-old that it's not right to hit girls is not necessarily by spanking him, though I think I was right in doing that, um, but it's by loving and honoring his mom well. Oh, yeah. Him, Giving him that example. That's it. Him seeing me treat her with gentleness, mm -hmm. being patient, yes. being kind, you know, and I would never, I would never strike my wife or, or, or physically harm my wife, but I do sometimes emotionally or, or verbally, I think I can be, mm. um, uh, I, I can sin for sure. Yeah. So I just thought, man, the best way I can teach my three-year-old, my five-year-old, my 10-year-old son, that it's not okay to, to ever uh, be aggressive towards a woman is by loving their mom well. That's good. Yeah, he, they need that example. But I, I love that you sat down with him and you talked with him. Yeah. You didn't fly in the room, hey, your mama said this, you know, you spank him and move on. You, you sat down, you, you shared your heart, and you talked about the why behind, here's why we're disciplining you, here's, and here's our prayer for you, here's what we're focused on your heart, here's yeah. our prayer for that fruit of righteousness that we want to see in your yeah. life. You know, I think it's Charles Spurgeon who said, we need to start disciplining early because our kids start sinning early. That's right. You know, like, no one has to teach our kids how to sin. Bro, ain't that I, the truth. I remember, my, I think it was my daughter. She was maybe one, and she's sitting in her little high chair, and she had her cup of water, and she threw it on the ground. So I picked it up, put it down, and she threw it on the ground again. And wasn't like playing a game. Like, she was 
in a bad mood and she didn't want her water on her tray. So I put it there again and I looked at her and I said, baby, please do not throw this water on the ground again. If you do, you're going to get in trouble. Do not throw this water on the ground again. One year old. And at one year old, she grabbed the water and while staring me right in the eyes all the time, <laughs> she just held it over and just threw it down. Ice go killer, like, bro. Who taught you this? You know, where did you learn that? And so, yeah, you, you can't say, well, they're kids. We don't need to discipline. They, they need it then. That's right. You know, because the enemy is already tempting them to the sin. They're That's already right. struggling with the flesh. So so we, if we want to see the fruit of the spirit, the fruit of righteousness in their lives, then, then we have to cultivate that in their heart. We have to discipline them and disciple them from the earliest of ages. Yeah, yeah, and that's where where that's so good, and and I think this is where um, you know people people are really interested in, in what all this means. Yeah, is that there is so today we see a lack of respect and fear of authority today. Mm. We see it everywhere. Yeah. Turn on the news, uh, go on social media. I mean. It's it it's wild, yeah. just the level of disrespect and the the the, the lack of honor and and yeah. fear of authority, and and that comes through in our parenting and in our lack of disciplining our children. Absolutely. You know, I want I want my children to have a, a healthy respect mm. and a healthy fear of authority. And and I heard this one time and it was so good. A guy was explaining the fear of the Lord mm. in the Bible. And what the fear of the Lord actually meant when you look at it, because it's all throughout Scripture. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a hundred plus times it's talking about the fear of the Lord, like living and walking mm. and existing in the fear of the Lord. And I heard him explain it like this. It was so good. He said, most people hear the fear of the Lord and they think about God's punishment, God's retribution, God's wrath coming down upon you. Mm. Uh, he said, you think you're here, and then and then the wrath of God is coming here. Mm. He said, that's not what the fear of the Lord means. Yeah. He said, the fear of the Lord is, is you're here, and the favor and the blessing of the Lord is upon you. Mm. The fear is that you would live and act in such a way that he would remove his favor and blessing. Come on. That's what we should be afraid of. That's good. Right? And how many... I mean, how many pastors, how many men, not just children, need to hear that today? Yes. That that our actions, our attitudes, our words, right? Yeah. We can move in such a way where God will look at us and say, "Hey, bro, my favor is not going to be with you anymore," mm. right? And we and 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 let's be honest, we see this all the time in the pastorate, right? Yeah. You can you can tell a leader, you can tell a church where the favor of the Lord has come away from them, oh, yeah. right? And so what I'm trying to teach my children is, hey, listen, we fear the Lord. Not because he's he's angry and yes. wants the punishment, but because he has richly blessed us. Yes. And he has given us his grace and his mercy. His favor is on our house. And and the Bible is clear. You can move and act and live in such a way that his his favorite hand will come off you. And that's what I'm afraid of. Yeah. That's what I'm afraid for my children. I want you to have a healthy respect and fear and love of the Lord because of what he's done for us. Yeah, I don't want you to miss out on this blessing he has. That's it. In fact, I mean, the, in the Ten Commandments, the call for children to honor their father and mother, Paul says it's the first command with the promise. That's it. You know, it is, there's a promise of a blessing there. He brings it back up in Ephesians 6 that, children, if you obey your parents, things will go well with you. There's a blessing that comes and that obedience. And I, and I love that teaching moment with your kids to say, when we discipline you, when we put these boundaries in place, it's not to keep you from having fun. It's to make sure we don't miss out on that favor, miss out on that blessing. That's right. You know, I'll, I'll say this too, though. 
I think I know you and I being older now, we look back on every rule our parents had, every yeah. boundary they put in place, and we're thankful for it. We understand it, and we know one day our kids, God willing, will have that maturity look back. But recently, Barna did some uh, surveys with teenagers, and they're asking a lot of questions, and they started talking about. Uh, social media and technology and cell phones, and they started asking about boundaries. Do your do your parents have rules in place, boundaries in place? Not you know less than I would think said yes. Uh, it was just a little bit over half actually had some rules and boundaries in place. I would hope there would be more. We talked about that in another episode. Uh, but then they said, do you agree with the rules? The ones who had rules, the ones who had boundaries, do you agree with them? And it was something like 88% of teenagers said absolutely. Wow. They don't always act like that. You know, in our sin, we want to rebel. That's just sinful nature. Uh, but when they had a second to sit down and really think about it, even as teenagers, they're already able to see the wisdom in that because they know it's so that I don't miss out on that blessing. That's it's right. for my good. It's for my character. It's to shape all of that. Um, and that's the prayers that they would understand that. And I think to get to that point, though, uh, I think it's Melissa Kruger. She was writing on discipline, and she said we need to be proactive, not just reactive. That's right. And I think a lot of times the only time, the only moments where there's discipline is when someone's done something wrong. Yeah. And what we're missing are those discipleship moments, those conversations where we sit down and we kind of share our heart, share Scripture, and say, hey, here, here's what we're praying for for you in our home Here's the kind of environment we're trying to cultivate here in our home. Here's the kind of young man or young woman we're praying that you'll grow into. And because of that, in light of that, in light of these scriptures, here's some rules. Here's some boundaries. And yeah. here's the consequences, the consistent consequences that That's right. every time it's going to, I don't have to get emotional. You know what you did. Here, here's the punishment. Um, but we need to be more proactive, initiate those conversations, cast that vision, share our heart and the scripture behind it before. They, they rebel before they break the rules, so to speak. I love that. So I just want to recap. This is this is so good. I know this is just going to bless a lot of people. As we're looking to discipline our children and bring discipline into our homes, um, there's got to be a relationship. Yeah. Uh, uh, rules without relationship will cause rebellion. Mm. Yeah, that's it will. a good way to put it. It will. It'll, it, it'll cause rebellion. Right, so there's got to be a relationship. We've got to have a positive relationship with our kids. When we think about discipline, consistency is greater than intensity. Yeah. Right, and that's a that's a level of emotional charity for us as men, us as fathers. Yeah. We've got to be consistent in our discipline, not always intense mm -hmm. in our discipline. Um, the third one, which is so good, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Yeah. As 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 much as we are going to correct. And rebuke, we've got to be building up and encouraging. That's good. good um, I would I would say for every correction you give your child, you need to at least be giving him four or five yes. encouragements. Yes, let that be the, the main thing they hear. That's right? it. I they're, love that. They're mainly being encouraged, and every now they're corrected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in our lastly, in our discipline, um, we need to be proactive not reactive. Yeah. And 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 I'm telling you if dads if you put those things in place the question of, you know, should I spank my kids or should I not spank my kids? Yeah. That's not an issue anymore. Right. Because you've laid the foundation of yes. of of godly discipline in your home. Yes. Uh, that you can train up your children in the correction 
and 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 in the way of the Lord, man. Yeah, you're focusing on their heart. Yep. More than just their behavior, and you're parenting with grace. You know, we we call ourselves Christians. That means we have known the greatest grace of all. Come on. And if we have known that grace, shouldn't we show that grace to our kids? So if we're focused on our heart and, and we're showing that grace, I think you're right. All these things kind of fall into place. And, and the, the only thing I would add to that is is our prayerfulness with them. Yeah. And I know you do it with your children. I do it with mine. One of the sweetest things is when you're sitting there with your child and you've just corrected them, you've disciplined them, you put them in timeout, you ground it, whatever it was, but you shared your heart behind it. And even in tears sometimes, you're able to pull them close to you, show them that this has not affected my love for you in the least, and then to pray over them. And to pray for the young man they're going to become, to pray for the young woman she's growing into. And I think adding prayer to everything we've been sharing, um, I think it's going to cultivate that biblical discipline we're seeking after. I love that. Man, Dr. Williams, Gospel Family Ministry, I know this. You have both encouraged me today, and you've corrected me. And it's been good, man. I receive it, and it's been it's been awesome. I've, I've enjoyed our time. Hey, thank you, Dr. Harper. Yeah, see you soon, brother. My brother.